alternative plans for college football in the fall? Um, there, there's a conversation. You know, are there? Sure. Is that the focus? No. The focus is on preparing to play as scheduled uh, Labor Day weekend. I think that's an important message uh, publicly. I think it's important for our, our student athletes to hear from me that we're focused on that preparation. Now, whether or not we can make that happen, that's going to be up to the circumstances around the virus. Commissioner of the SEC, a man who many who cover the sport feel like is truly the commissioner of college football. His name is Greg Sankey. SEC, the most powerful conference on the planet. Almost indisputable and inarguable right now. And what else are you going to say if you're running that operation? There is no actual overarching governing body for college football. Isn't that crazy in the year 2020? Basketball's under the NCAA wing, but NCAA decides some rules for players like transferring and now the image likeness thing. But the, the big decision makers will be the educators and the, the virus itself. And so that's the best answer you're going to get right now for if and when college football will start on time. But, of course, if you're running one of the power conferences, well, you're running it to start on Labor Day, and then see where the chips fall. Sports Talk with Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, and the free KWSN mobile app. John Gaskins with Craig Baddock. We're in downtown Sioux Falls. I'm in the studio. Craig, where are you again? I again uh, in a undisclosed location. Okay. Are you gonna be able so to dis- far, the secret has not uh, been released. <laughs> Are you ever going to be able to disclose that to, like, me, like your coworker? I don't know. The, uh, the door was locked and the key thrown away. I, that's all <laughs> I can tell you. Wow. How do you get in there? How do you get out? <laughs> I can never find you right after the show is done each night There's to compare notes. There's a reason for that. Oh, okay. There's a reason for that. Uh, so, to cover a lot of these major college football and college sports issues... Dari Noka, the lead anchor of the SEC Network, slated to join us, a former co-worker of mine 20 years ago in Lincoln, and we're uh, awaiting his response for him to hop on. In the meantime, we could do a lot here. We could we could talk strictly college football. We could talk about Dr. Fauci saying some leagues are just going to have to cancel 2020 yesterday. We could talk about the fact that it appears Pfizer and another uh, biotech company are perhaps going to have a vaccine ready for the fall. But we just don't know. We just don't know. Uh, we haven't we known. And, and there could be a lot yet. I mean, we're, we're hitting May 1st tomorrow. And uh, I, I think we're going to get a lot of answers. But let's see what happens uh, for the next three, four weeks here in May. Uh, I, we're, we're seeing a lot of good stuff happening. Um, and who knows what it, what, what it will be like in the next month. But I think leagues, and you and I have talked about this before, leagues have to come up with different scenarios. Um, but I, 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 as far as what I'm seeing right now, um, things are starting to look really much better. Let's see what the month of May brings. But you're right. No one can actually predict what's going to happen. I, I've been in line with the, the safer, the better. And it's, it's a, until I see evidence or we know of evidence of, a, of an actual vaccine, then let's 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 hold off and getting too excited about what we can try and who we can test because again you get leagues back together you get them quarantined no matter which league it is 
these guys are healthy. They can get the test. That's great. And then one gets coronavirus, and then what do you do? You shut the whole thing down? That is exactly what the NBA did when this thing all got roaring in mid-March. And again, Fauci, the lead infectious disease expert, said before we knew today, this was yesterday, before we knew that perhaps a vaccine will be coming in the fall, he said, quote, safety for the players and fans trumps everything. If you can't guarantee safety, then unfortunately you're going to have to bite the bullet and say, we have to go without this sport for this season, unquote. Um, you know, in April, he took the position that sports could be back this summer as long as fans weren't gathering and leagues took precautions to minimize the amount of exposure players and officials had. But then yesterday, that even when sports would return, players will not be able to be active members of society and some type of quarantine will be required, according to Fauci. So, I mean, Major League Baseball scheduled to open March 26th. Uh, op- of course, that didn't happen. And now, opening day could be moved to mid-June or July. Of course, we know the NBA planned to open facilities for individual workouts May 8th. One week from this Friday, that'd be tomorrow, with heavy restrictions regarding social distancing and hygiene. Uh, PGA and NASCAR events planned in May without fans in attendance. Maybe that'll change. There was an announcement from NASCAR today. We'll get to that in a moment. And the NHL, they're not, they haven't unveiled anything. They're evaluating their options. They're not, they're not continuing to just move the goalposts and kick the can down the road. In fact, their commissioner, Gary Bettman, said recently uh, that this is not a race for sports to be the first uh, to uh, actually have a, an event, even though... We, as sports fans, well, some of us are craving it. Some, like me, are willing to wait. It's not the most important thing to me in the world. It, it, it's not vital for me to return to normalcy. I'm ready. I know. I'm just ready. I'm going. A, a lot of people are. Uh, so we'll just continue to be on standby and see. But when it comes to football, of course, the NFL and college football, they're, as of now, they're, they're all operating as if this is actually going to happen and happen on time at least to the the time when games are going to start. And let's focus on college football and bring in lead analyst, lead anchor for the SEC Network for several years. Uh, he's been covering college sports at a national level for well over a decade. Before that, in the prominent college market of Tulsa, Oklahoma, near Norman. And before that, most prominently, Lincoln, Nebraska, on the uh, All-Star Staff at KLKN TV in the year 2000 and 2001. He's Dari Noka. Hi, Dari. What's up, dude? Hey, I know you tried to call me. Much like nobody in the world knows what day it is, uh, we also don't know what time of day it is. And I did not have my phone, and I apologize for being late. And I do want to go back to uh, those days in Lincoln. We had an intern now in those days. It was incredible. Dependable, timely, uh, all of the above. His name was Rob Bazzini. Ah, that's funny. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No. It's true. Rob was an intern, and he was, I'm, well, I don't know. He was credible and reliable, and then he quit. <laughs> and then you guys hired me. That's right. So. No, you were great. You know that. You know that. So, yeah. no, I'm just well, a hard time for well, no good reason. Well, yeah, it's been 20 years, and as Craig can attest, yeah. much more on time and organized. And, Back uh, then? Uh, no, now. I'm much more oh. timely and organized and uh, make life easy for superiors oh, and coworkers, right? Yeah. Life's a breeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
All right. Um, so <laughs> we, we started this with the Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, I mean, just telling Dan Patrick today, what else are we going to do but plan for Labor Day weekend? Let's play the games. Uh, you know a lot yeah. of people in the industry, Dari. Uh, what, what is your sense of, uh, of, of the timeline? Well, I, I, you know, and, and Greg Sankey is one of my favorites, and uh, we're very close, and we talk often. So, in fact, just last night we were going back and forth about the Stanley Cup playoff uh, final in, in 1999. So he's a man of all sports and all interests, but uh, nothing more, frankly, than, than making the SEC fan, um, you know, eager and happy and optimistic, and that's what he's doing, and I understand it. Um, and they're all going to say the same thing, I think, or, or thereabouts, until there's a, you know, a widely issued statement that covers really everybody that says we can't start on time. I don't believe there's anything other than that statement that's going to come at some point. But until then, you stay optimistic, and you, in the meantime, you know, in closed door and, and closed phone line meetings, you work on contingency plans, and I realistically think that's what everybody's doing. Because there's no true commissioner of major college football, in fact, Dan Patrick quipped today after the interview that Rod, Greg Sankey perhaps is the actual commissioner of all of college football <laughs> because he's the commissioner of the SEC. How does this work? Who makes the call? And it, it, it appears that higher education might make the call, right? Well, yeah, you know, I had this conversation with him, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, where the idea was that, look, we can't play football until every student is back on every campus. And, I, you know, I asked him that. And I said, okay, wait, is this, is this kind of what you think? And he kind of said, he goes, look, we can't play football until the universities are servicing the students that they need to service, basically. Mm-hmm. Which means they could be on campus. But he did reference that, hey, Vanderbilt and Florida and Ali, right after we canceled, you know, basketball and, and everybody sent students home, opened up online classes. Could that constitute servicing the student body that it needs to service? I suppose it could. Does it mean everybody has to be on campus? Probably not. I think that's what he was getting at. But I, I don't know how you responsibly tell a hundred and, you know, what, 50 to 70 players and staff and that, if I'm off on numbers at the Division One or FBS level, I'm, I'm, then I'm off on the low side uh, to come back when everybody else is not being told to come back because of safety reasons. I don't know how you do that. So realistically, yeah, I, until student bodies are on campus, I don't know how you play. Now, to, to your first point uh, of Sankey kind of being the commissioner, look, I remember being in Nashville, guys, when we canceled the SEC tournament on that Thursday morning after we, on Wednesday night, decided – that they were going to play the rest of it without fans. And we weren't the first to determine that. Uh, We weren't the first to close the tournament down. Um, Other conferences did it. Other conferences did it, too. They did it. Some did it. Some announced it before the SEC did. But the bottom line is, both on Wednesday and Thursday, the Power Five commissioners, who were all made to believe dislike one another and want nothing but harm for the other ones, uh, worked together really well on that. And they all decided at the same time, if you're not going to go, we're not going to. You know, the Big East was lagging behind, and they played a game into halftime, and I don't understand that, really. But but the other five all said, we'll do it. You think this is right? Yes, let's all get on the same page, and we all do it, and they did it. And I realistically think that exact same thing will happen with college football. It will not be unilateral. The Big Ten won't play while the SEC doesn't, and the Big 12, Ten won't play if the, if the Pac-12 isn't. You know what I mean. Um, so ultimately, yeah, Sankey... 
is the commissioner of the most powerful football conference in terms of championships, draft picks, so on and so forth, uh, they'll all work together. Dari, Dari let's switch to the, uh, the NFL draft and uh, certainly LSU, the national champs. Fifteen players drafted uh, in the draft. Uh, you know, certainly for Vikings fans around here with Jefferson being taken. Mm. Your observations with LSU, the players that were taken, and what about Jefferson to the Vikings? Well, I tell you what, Minnesota fans, I know uh, were breathing an, an enormous sigh of relief when the Eagles before them took a receiver and it wasn't him. Uh, Jalen Rager was their choice, leaving Jefferson on the board. What an enormous get. Uh, he's a good blend of size and speed. He's got phenomenal hands. He'll translate really well into the next level. Uh, I think that's a great get. I, I like him better than Jalen Rager. I think most people do, yet the Eagles didn't. And that worked out beautifully for the Vikings and, and their fans. So that's a big thing. Uh, more importantly or, or impressively to me than them landing, I thought I think the number was 14 in the draft, was that every single Tiger who was draft eligible was either drafted or signed immediately to an undrafted free agent contract. If you could have, if you were old enough to play in the NFL, you're going to have an opportunity to play in the NFL from LSU. Not a surprise. Even under Les Miles, they recruited that well. Uh, or close to it. Maybe not that many, but but close. Um, but, you know, what, what Ed Ogeron's done, and you can criticize in the past his ability to coach or, or take his uh, kind of hands off of the situation and let his coaches coach. I think that's resolved now, but he's always been able to recruit, and that's no different now. Darinoka, SEC Network, Craig and John here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, right here in Sioux Falls. And also, you were on the national radio broadcast of the first three rounds. So just take us there. When you were learning of the Packers trading up to 26 and they're taking Jordan Love. So I was doing the draft with uh, uh, Mike Tannenbaum, uh, former front office guy, Jets and Dalton, uh, Bart Scott, former Jet and Raven, uh, and Ian Fitzsimmons, who's a college football reporter based in Dallas. We were all in our houses. And when the pa- we, we got wind of the tracker Packer trade up, we immediately start kind of discussing what are they looking at, what are they looking at, what might okay, wide receiver help for Aaron Rodgers, offensive line help for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but when they announced Jordan Love, Bart Scott in particular went off. Uh, it was by far the most animated he was during the draft, um, criticizing the Packers. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is thinking? What's he going to say? That's the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He'll play another year maybe, and that's it. He'll want out of there. What are you doing? That that was roundly criticized, and Bart was all over that. Tannenbaum agreed with Bart for the most part. I think over the end of the last, maybe by the end of day three, he started to kind of come around on that idea because uh, you got to have the next guy. You know, Aaron is 30, what, five? He's, he's not 30. He's probably got three or four more years in the tank at some point, but you've got to start looking at moving on. If you like Jordan that much, you, you like him that much. Um, but no, the instant reaction was, what in the world are they doing? And then it switched directly to, oh yeah, like Aaron's going to take this well. You know, Aaron's going to be Brett Favre to Aaron. You know, and, and that's, that was pretty much the reaction. I, I know a few people who think it's a good move. I'm 
if they think Jordan's that good, it can be. If in ten years we're sitting there talking about Jordan Love's been in three Pro Bowls and led the Packers to the NFC Championship game a couple of times and won Super Bowl, then it was a hell of a pick. Well, it's just the Vikings, Packers, uh, Vikings, Bears, and Lions fans' uh, lot in life that somehow that will all pan out beautifully for Green Bay. <laughs> But uh, they'll only win one Super Bowl um, during that time and underachieve. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, have the spoil of uh, riches there. Um, I, and by the way, the Eagles kind of did in round two what the Packers did in round one. Doesn't get as much attention because it's round two. But you have a, Carson Wentz mm-hmm. is 10 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. And the Eagles go and pick um, Jalen Hurts, who you know, we were yeah. kind of tossing around as a Vikings backup and quarterback of the future idea. Of course, you covered him a lot when he was at Alabama before he transferred to Oklahoma. You're an Eagles fan. What do you make of yeah. that situation? Yeah, I, I was confused by it. Um, you know, my initial reaction is he's not going to play a lot of quarterback. It's the Taysom Hill role, I, I think, that probably makes sense. That's not what Jalen wants uh, by any stretch. Um but it's what Jalen's going to get. I don't believe there's a competition in Philadelphia. I don't believe any of that. Uh, I think they think Carson Wentz is their guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued to see. He, he's going to be a phenomenal offensive weapon if he's willing to be that. And I don't think he has a choice, quite frankly. He was a second-round pick for a reason. They showed faith in him. Um, you know, I, I think he'll get his opportunities. He'll get his packages to play quarterback. But if he thinks he's going to walk in and be the franchise face at quarterback anytime, unless Carson continues to just, you know, not be dependable from a health standpoint, although he was this year until the playoff game, um, I think Jalen's looking at that multi-role kind of Swiss Army knife thing. And at some point, a team may offer Philly more than they can turn down in a trade uh, to bring Jalen Hurts along as a starting quarterback. But it won't be in Philadelphia. Dari Noka is with the SEC Network, joining us Sports Talk with Craig and John on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. News out today that the one-time transfer waiver, NCAA Board of Directors, they're basically saying, you know what, no right now. That's what their recommendation is. The vote will come in the spring. Were you surprised with that recommendation today? No, it's it, it creates a world of headaches, Craig. I think for for universities, uh, head coaches uh, trying to maintain some sort of roster management. I think ultimately uh, it will be allowed. I don't know if it'll be in the next vote. I don't know if it comes up in two more years. Uh, I think from an athlete, student athlete, white perspective, it's going to be impossible to ignore, especially when we're sitting here saying or, or closer to saying that they're going to be able to make some name, image, and uh, like this money. Uh, but, man, it's one of those things that right now there's so much on the plate everybody's trying to deal with. Why make an incredibly massive shift in the landscape when you're already not sure when you're going to be able to play the next season you're going to be able to play? Um, but I think eventually, I think eventually, just like eventually the NBA is going to get rid of that, you know, have to be out of high school for a year rule, I think this, this rule changes too. All right. Of course, another big ruling within the last couple of days is the NCAA's top governing body saying it supports a proposal to allow college athletes to sign endorsement contracts and receive payment for other work provided the schools they attend. They're not involved in any of the payments. Uh, How do you feel about all this? And what is what what is some nuance that we might need added? Well, they don't one. They don't have a choice. I mean, it's either they do it or every state's going to do it on their own Um, or. Some states will, some states won't, and now you've got a nightmare when it comes to playing in championship events. 
uh, in states and with schools from states. So they have no choice. Uh, there's a million elements that are going to have to be added. Uh, they're going to have to uh, meet the uh, the approval of, of schools, conferences, and states themselves. And that, that includes, is there a cap on how much somebody can earn? Is Does it matter? Can you earn more with a car company than you can doing your individual camps or vice versa? Uh, whatever they do, they're going to have to have it equal through 50 states. Uh, and, and if they can't do that, you know, then they're going to have to deal with what the states want to do, which is not what they want to do. So, I think eventually they, the, the NCAA um, may meet with some of the state governments, figure out, look, are you good with this? Yes, we're good with this. Is this fair? Is it equal to everybody? And if it is, I think they're off and running with it. But you can't have it unequal. You, you know, you can't have a, a California rule where a guy can go make a million and a half bucks in a year with a car dealership, but in Mississippi they can't make more than, a, than 150000 yeah. it, it can't be that. It's going to have to even be even as much as it possibly can. Gotcha. Anything left for Dari, Craig? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see how they're going to get that done by January. <laughs> no, <laughs> There's I, so I much. There's so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, it's it's just one of these things. Like, you know, you'd love to be able to say, let's just can we put it? Can we shelve this for a year? Can we just get playing again? Can we get people healthy? Can we get the test? Can we do the things we need to do as a societal standpoint, and then and then worry about this? But you're dealing with player rights, student rights, athlete rights, and they're going to believe because the states have told us that they can believe that those are not going to sit second tier to anything. And so here we are. Dari, appreciate your time. Interesting times we live in, and it was uh, great to hear your voice. We'll chat again soon. All right, guys. Good to talk with you both. You bet. Dari Noka, SEC Network. Uh, we have open phone lines for the next segment. Anybody want to react to any of that? 336-1230, uh, We started this interview with Dari about when college football might start, who's going to decide when they start since they don't have a real a czar or commissioner. And what about baseball and the new proposed 10 teams in three divisions league? Seth Everett, oh, I'm guessing he'll skewer it, but our friend in the coverage of MLB for over 20 years will join us at about 4.40. But up next, Craig, I think you're going to like this. Classic stories from Ahmad Rashad about both his playing days with the Vikings, how he thought about retiring before Fran Tarkenton saved his career. And also how he became best buds with Michael Jordan. Next on Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Did you miss one of the awesome discussions or compelling interviews? Hear them back by going to KWSN.com. Click on podcasts. It's easy and available anytime. KWSN.com. Click on podcast.